When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of Real Vision. I am Robin Schmidt from The Defiant. I'm joined by Ben Whitby from Credo and Fitz Tepper from Raddy. And we're going to be discussing how institutions could be using NFTs to power their businesses moving forward into the next decade. It's a very interesting conversation. There's been a lot of hate towards NFTs, but I think the panel here assembled can really see the opportunity of this space. And I think there's a lot to unpack here. So Ben, why don't we start with you? What is for you the big opportunity for nfts for institutions uh i mean we can we we're gonna i think we're gonna get into a, a lot of kind of deep dives as we go down the rabbit hole here um you know i think what we've seen is the the rise of the nfts for for social for for gaming for different kind of artifacts but you can start to envision them being used for certificates for proof of ownership for documents like driver's licenses you know the list goes on and on and on and yeah in this conversation with with fits we're gonna kind of we're gonna focus on how the institutions are taking their first steps into the into this space and yeah um i'll let him say a few words so fitz you're from Raddy. this is kind of your your home turf give us a little bit of a background about what Raddy does and and where you you kind of see the opportunity here Definitely. So, so we're a U.S.-based startup that essentially is a, a platform that lets anyone invest in the you know one-of-a-kind collectibles that are traditionally off-limits to anyone that's not you know multi-multi-millionaire billionaire status. So, buy a share of stock in the Declaration of Independence or in a Honus Wagner baseball card uh, or in a Basquiat. Really amazing pieces like this. Um, and you know NFTs come along a few years ago, and and people start to view some of the blue chip NFTs just like you know they'd view a Basquiat or or view a you know collectible baseball card, and they're also you know just as price prohibitive whether we're talking about you know board apes or credenzas or or kind of anything like that. So for us, it was a natural next step. You know we already are letting our investors participate in all of these other asset classes. Why not NFTs? And that then put us down the rabbit hole of okay. When we are uh, letting someone invest in a piece of art, we know where to authenticate it. We know where to store it. We know where to insure it. These are all things that we have to do to be regulatory, you know, compliant in the way we do things. Um, with NFTs, there was nothing. So where do we store them? Where do we insure them? And that's kind of what we figured out over the last year. Um, and Credo has been a great partner in. Probably the, the narrative around NFTs has been somewhat confusing for many people. The conflation with simple collectibles or just it's digital art it really obfuscates the true power of these assets as genuinely we're reimagining what ownership of digital items can be could be should be and it's not just a thing that sits in your phone it's it's got a programmable layer on top of it it has massive implications for copyright for ip for ownership of all sorts of different things but fundamentally ben what is the thing that sets nfts apart from any other 
asset class that we might be thinking of or at least looking for comparisons for? I mean, the list goes on and on, right? And some of the things that you've kind of mentioned there in in kind of just framing that question just really starts to crack open what is this 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 unimaginable facility that we're going to have now to describe ownership and that ownership is going to change the way that creators are engaged the way that we can um import that programmable reward structure so that the creator ends up taking uh rewards and benefits in all of the kind of ongoing transactions of the lifetime the lifetime of that creation um it really sets a new precedent in terms of everything so you know it takes the power away from these centralized players like spotify and apple with regards to music and puts it back in into the artist's position i think we're going to see the same for films the same for games you know gaming is much more kind of uh, established as a as a media platform i think and i think the the revenues actually exceed the movie revenues especially after covid and everything that we've happened there but even when we're talking about just down that, that digital media that's still not scraping the surface of what these things are going to be able to do in terms of changing the way that institutions um come to the table i mean my background's like financial services compliance regulatory compliance things like mifid things like FACA. so the conversations around mika and what that's going to do to the the future of crypto asset space in the next kind of five five years that's my back i wouldn't normally get associated with the the creation space, the, the the kind of the arts, the the films, et cetera, et cetera. When you start laying that institutional layer on top of those things, you start having an intersection of something that we've we've not had any intersection of before. And from a financial crime perspective, the ability to to demonstrate and evidence provenance on some of these assets is going to massively impact kind of financial crime positions because we're going to be able to destroy the counterfeiting market, which is huge. And that's got knock-on benefits to all kind of all sorts of social goods and stuff like that. So yeah, physics geek turned compliance geek turned to NFT um, DGEN is it's it's a story that works. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Well, you use the word degen there. It's not a word that institutions will be fond of having next to, to what they do. Fitz, what for you are the kind of the real selling points, the really exciting points of NFTs for you? And I'll, I'll try and counter them with the arguments that come back towards them, because I think it's important to, to see both sides of this argument. But what for you is, is the really sexy part of this? Yeah, and I mean, I, I think we're realists about it at Rally, right? Like NFTs are one of 30 asset classes on Rally, right? Like we, we 
by no means say anyone should be in one asset class. Like diversification is is uh, generally a, a great strategy. Um, you know, touching on Ben's kind of provenance uh, example, like you know, every other asset class we've done to date has been physical. So we've had to store it somewhere. Um, and, you know, we have a giant secured warehouse. It's like a Fort Knox, uh, essentially. And, you know, we have auditors come twice a year and inspect it, and they look at every item and check it off. But of course, our, our users can't come in and see the items in the secure storage facility themselves. Um, unfortunately, you know, they're the owners, we'd love them to. NFTs, you know, change that a bit, right? Where it's like they can see the exact address that their NFT, that they're owning a piece of, um, lives in, right? And if it ever moved or we did anything with it, like they can see it before we did. Um, and right when we started using Credo, actually, before that, we kind of had our own cold wallet solution. And at some point, we had to transfer, you know, our NFTs from our cold wallet into the Credo network. Um, and we had, you know, people reach out to our customer service team saying, hey, like, why did you move my CryptoPunk? Um, and, you know, of course we explained, you know, we're moving to this new storage solution. Um, but just that kind of like public visibility and accountability, uh, is so special. Right. And like, of course, the NFTs aren't like a be all end all, like not everything's great about them, but like you look at that use case, um, and letting someone see their investment, like letting them look inside the vault, um, is a really interesting, you know, thing. It's Really hard to explain to people who are not from the Web3 space just how well it polices itself. So if a hack happens, somebody somewhere was was analyzing data on Nansen or wherever, and they spot it and they post it on Twitter. This happens incredibly fast. Things are spotted, information is shared. Now that transparency can be quite painful for projects that have things to hide, but as a as a group, as a unit, Web3 in fact, polices itself incredibly well. Bad actors are weeded out very quickly. And NFTs are a piece of that and form a part of that. So if there's a bad NFT project, it generally gets found out pretty fast. It, it's very rare for NFTs to rug late in the game. They either rug early or they don't rug at all. They either they, they die because they're not good enough, but that's a startup paradigm. A lot of startups never make it. So the, the problem I have with NFTs is that they are considered as a kind of cultural expression, but they're not. They're simply a file format. They are a means of expressing data and ownership of data. And they can also be leveled up. They can, you can treat them like a video game asset in which you, you accrue data and experience through them. And that's really exciting. But ultimately, if you get mad at NFTs, it's like getting mad at a P PDF. Nobody gets mad at a PDF. It's simply or, or a mechanism. piece of art that hangs on your or wall. A piece of, or a piece of art that hangs on the wall. But that piece of art that hangs on the wall, when you sell it, you get the face value but the artist gets nothing. But in NFTs, the royalty that's hard coded into the contract is there in perpetuity. That word in perpetuity is extremely profound because it means for the rest of time. So your kids, your kids' kids, your kids beyond that, you know, your trust, whatever it ends up being, the estate of you creator in time is incredibly valuable. It may look like peanuts right now, but over time it could be immensely valuable. And that's not value that you've had to create from scratch every time. It's value that is there because you did a thing and because that thing was valued by other people. And that will hopefully incentivize a bunch of creators to really invest value into those NFTs. But we're talking about a tiny piece of this, which is um, what people see from the outside, art or PFPs and everything else. But uh, on the face of it, an NFT really is, it's a non-fungible token. It's a way of representing data in a way that is completely unique. And blockchains 
have all of these tokens that are exchangeable one with another. I mean, you could talk about bitcoins that are that are you know virgin bitcoins that are kind of slightly superior to ones that have been transferred around but essentially you can you can exchange them nfts don't have that so you can represent medical records you can ex represent insurance contracts but fundamentally you can you could represent a house a mansion some kind of property portfolio in a way that is extremely friction free and that's the bit that i think most people don't get this is a way of representing value in a way that is extremely easy to transfer from one owner to another and it's permissionless so i can just gift it to you so if i want to just pass on something to somebody else i can just send it to them i don't need their permission that's a little bit terrifying if you see a bunch of junk turning up on your wallet but it opens up some really interesting dynamics in terms of how we move these assets around and I think a lot of people get stuck on the fact that they get sold for enormous amounts of money, but nobody is under any obligation to sell anything. You can simply give it away and take the royalty if that's the way you want to set up your business. Hey, if you like this clip, be sure to check out the full interview and more only on realvision.com forward slash crypto. It's 100% free. Sign up now.